Financial Residency is proud to bring you Grand Rounds with Dr. Tammy. Each week, Tammy Krause explores a new topic related to achieving financial independence by building and protecting your wealth. She invites guests who are experts in their fields who will share honest and valuable advice on a variety of topics. If you have an idea for a podcast, please email Tammy, that's T-A-M-M-Y, at financialresidency.com. Now grab your front row seat to this week's Grand Rounds. Hi, and welcome back to Grand Rounds. One of my very favorite things to do on this podcast is to feature physicians who have unique hobbies or talents. And today I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Christine Scruggs. She is an internal medicine hospitalist but is also a highly successful novelist and screenwriter. Welcome to the show, Christine. Hi, Tammy. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Me too. I'm so excited to talk to you. I was lucky enough to have another physician novelist on the show a few weeks back, Deborah Blaine. And so I think this is just a fantastic continuation of kind of that theme. Um, But I think you've even taken it a step further with writing screenplays and such as well. So I'm kind of interested to hear about your perspective. Yeah. Um, which came first? Were you always a writer? Was that something you always wanted to do? Or did you get into medicine and decide that you could kind of blend those two things and make a side gig or second career out of that? Yeah. I mean, I think both of those things are probably true statements in one way or the other. Because I remember in high school, I was a very voracious reader and very passionate about writing. And I remember having sort of a decision-making moment when I realized writing is just a very difficult career to be consistently successful at. seems like you're always hustling and always trying to find the next gig. So I kind of made a conscious decision to pursue a STEM career where I could, you know, work for someone and make a salary and get a paycheck. And there's also a very specific pathway. You go to medical school, you know, do well on your test, you get a good residency, you know, X, Y, Z, you get a job. And with writing, there's just so much that's nebulous about it. And you can be very talented and just never successful because you don't have that lucky break. So, So I made the decision to go through medical school and was really enjoying you know, being a physician. But then, you know, as we all do, sometimes you get burnt out. And I kind of went back to writing as sort of a bit of therapy and just sort of an escape because it is so different. And then I, once I got started writing again, it was kind of no looking back from there. That's fantastic. Do you blend the two, your medical knowledge into your novels? Is there a lot of carryover? A lot of times, yes. The first book I ever wrote, which is in a drawer somewhere, definitely medically themed book. And the book that I wrote and published called What They Don't Know is a medical thriller. It's kind of a futuristic look at what can happen, you know, if the wrong people get control of healthcare, which feels very prescient now. (laughs) So yes, my first couple of forays were really medically themed. Now, I would say usually I write thrillers, psychological thrillers, that sort of thing. So there are things where my medical background and knowledge come in handy. You know, I've written OR scenes, for example, and it helps to have that background. But generally speaking, I don't fall back on that too much. Okay. 
And what about publishing? How do you go about getting your work published? Do you self-publish? Do you go through the big clearinghouses? What have you found is best? Um, so this has all been a, a huge learning process for me. I, I think I started writing seriously maybe about 10 years ago. And what happens in novels is you're usually trying to find an agent and then that agent hopefully will shop your book around and find a publisher. It's very hard though. It's hard to find an agent because they're, you know, they're inundated with queries and, you know, people who want them to read their books and you really have to just hook them with, you know, the shortest email possible to get their attention. And then you send them the manuscript and then they may or may not read it. And everything in publishing takes, you know, weeks to months to hear back. So I did that process for a while and then ultimately found a small indie publisher that wanted to publish my novel. So that process to me was just very frustrating and it felt like there were a lot of gatekeepers who I would never meet and be able to charm. You know, it's just kind of like you're just at someone else's mercy. So I love writing. I love writing novels, but I think part of the reason I love screenwriting so much is the people who also do it are kind of everywhere and feel more accessible sometimes in a strange way. I know that sounds weird because it feels like Hollywood is where it all happens, but I've just had more luck meeting people and networking in the screenwriting world. How much of a difference is there between writing a novel and screenwriting? I assume you're dealing more with conversations and instead of all the background that you would have in a novel. Yeah, I would say, so everybody's read a book, multiple books, probably. And so you kind of know how books work. Most people have not read a screenplay. So there's a lot of formatting, as you might imagine, that goes into it. But it's also, I describe it like poetry, because you want to say as much and as few words as possible. And it, there's this, just this beauty of being efficient and spare with your words. You know, that's not what attracted me to screenwriting because I had no idea. But as I learned more about it, that's what's really made me passionate about it. And I don't know that I'll ever write another novel because screenwriting is just so fun to me. But yeah, it's all about, it's about dialogue and saying something without saying it. That's called subtext. <laughs> So because people talk that way, you know, we rarely say what we mean when we're talking to others, especially in, you know, a tense conversation, which is usually you're writing, you know, when you're writing drama, you know, you have tense things happening and people are unpredictable. When you're writing the screenplay, is it similar to what we would read in a high school play, you know, where they have like, this is going... Subscript, I guess. This is going on in the background, but this is the conversation. Are you trying to describe one thing that you want the filmmaker to pick up while you're actually having the characters saying something else? I guess I've never read a screenplay either, so I'm at a loss. I think how it's different from a play, and I think they're pretty similar. I mean, you don't have the enter from stage left kind of stuff, but yeah, I mean, like dialogue just runs down the center of the page and then everything else, action and scene direction and stuff like that is left justified. But but yeah, you kind of write it in real time. So you might have a couple of lines of dialogue and then so-and-so rolls their eyes and turns away, you know, like, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much 
what you would expect to see on the screen. But you don't want to, you also don't want to over direct. They call it directing on the page when you're like, they blink their eyes and then they, you know, put their fingers through their hair. You know, you don't want to do all that. You want to convey what the feeling is behind any movement and only really write what's important and what you absolutely feel like needs to be seen. And I saw that you've actually won several awards and you've been in multiple competitions for both your novels and your screenwriting scripts. Can you talk about that? How do you get into these competitions? How much does that help you, you know, get your name out there, maybe get picked up by a producer somewhere? Yeah, that's another thing that I've learned a lot about through the years. Every competition costs money to enter, which is reasonable that, you know, they've got judges reading your material and they are offering prizes. And usually you want to stick to the ones that offer something that you can't just go out and get yourself. So, you know, some people offer a free final draft, which is software that helps you write a screenplay. You can buy that yourself. But some offer, you know, like a year of mentoring with someone or the chance to meet some producers in Hollywood. and But there's so many competitions. And I've learned that there's a few ones that people really care about. So the Nickel Fellowship is basically what feeds into the Oscars. So the Nickel is probably the biggest screenwriting competition. And I think if you make like a semifinalist or even a quarterfinalist in that, people really care about that. Austin Film Festival is another really big script competition. And then there's some others out there, too, that that are good. But it's just very hard. Like there's thousands of people every year competing against you in these competitions. So and it's subjective, as you might imagine. The readers, you know, have genres that they like better than others and they just have certain styles that they like. So it's really, really hard to win a major competition like that. So I have found that it's still worth doing because it can give you a good gauge of how your writing is improving. But I don't think for most people, it's the best way to sort of get your name out there. Okay. If I remember right, weren't you one of the finalists in the Austin Film Festival for one of your works? So I was the second rounder for a couple of scripts. Yeah. That's incredible. Do you have any new projects coming up or things that you're working on currently? Yeah. So the script that my most recent script is kind of like a psychological thriller about a woman who is has sort of grown up in a difficult situation. And so she's a pathological liar. That's her way of sort of getting attention. And then she also develops some problems with drug and alcohol. So she's an unreliable narrator. And I've always wanted to like write an unreliable narrator because I think those are super fun. You know, basically no one believes her when she's trying to point out that something's going on. And, th- and that's the kind of tension throughout the whole script. But that script is called Cry Wolf. And it's actually, I'm in a pretty exciting phase right now because I've, over the years, just met different people through conferences and, you know, online groups and things like that. So I'm working with this group called Get It Made, and they're kind of like a an intellectual property incubator for pre-WGA writers. And it's great because they help you on your craft, and they also help you meet people and network and that sort of thing. But I'm working with one of the um, founders on putting together a package. 
So we've got some producers attached and we're next step will be attaching a director, actors, financing. So it really looks like it's going to happen. So that's exciting. <laughs> exciting. You brought up the Writers Guild with the strike going on. Is that affecting you or affecting like the progress that you can make with the script that you're working, you know, you were just talking about? Yes and no. You do, of course, have to be very thoughtful about it. As even though I'm not WGA, hopefully someday I would be. And if you cross the picket lines, you know, as pre-WGA, you're, it's over. But at the same time, the struck companies are all the big, big companies. You know, the indie producers and things like that aren't part of the strike. Okay. In that way, I think there's definitely still some permissions that you have to obtain, especially if the Screen Actors Guild is still striking because you have to have actors too. So yes, there will definitely be things that we have to consider that aren't normal considerations, but in some ways, indie productions are going to benefit, you know, the longer this continues because the big companies really can't put out new content. Makes sense. Uh Does this writing help you kind of overcome burnout, give you a respite just from the everyday perils of medicine that we all deal with? At 100%. Yeah. I think, and I don't know if this is true if you feel like you're not a creative person, but I think as a creative person, if you're ignoring that part of yourself, that in itself can lead to burnout. And I was just you know how it is. Medicine and, you know, medical school, residency, all of that is just so draining and you don't have time for anything else. Really did feel like it was, I think I mentioned this earlier, kind of a form of therapy for me. Yeah. And I say now I haven't really made money as a writer, but I will never stop writing, even if I just do it for free for the rest of my life, just because it's part of me now. And I do think It's been a really important tool in just kind of separating the two. I love it. Can you, I know you had a novel that was published a few years ago. Can you go back and tell us about that novel and how, you know, as the listeners, we can get in touch or get hold of that and explore your writing? Oh, yeah, of course. So it's called What They Don't Know. I wrote it under a sort of pseudo pin. It's just KV Scruggs, but it's on Amazon. I think there's a couple of called What They Don't Know. So KV Scruggs is the author name. But yeah, it's about, it's really funny because it was all set in the future at the time I wrote it. And now half of it's in the past. The first scene I think takes place in 2018 and that was the future. And then it goes through 2030. So we're halfway there. But it's basically about how the way that we're delivering medicine is not financially sustainable. So there's sort of a healthcare crash, you know, instead of a stock market crash where the doctors just kind of keep quitting until there's not enough, you know, people to take care of patients. And then the government has to take over and they figure out a way to provide healthcare in a way that's financially sustainable. But what they don't know. What we don't know is how they're doing that. And there's basically some major ethical issues behind it. And a reporter, Cheyenne Rose, who's the main character, kind of gets to the bottom of things. It sounds like you may have had a crystal ball because we've had mass (laughs) exodus over the last few years. I know. I'm actually, my next project, I think I'm going to try to adapt that into like a limited series. That'll be awesome. 
the screen. I mean, going down that pathway, how would you go about getting that picked up? You know, like with all of the streaming services, is it easier now to get like a limited episode picked up by one of the streaming services? Yeah, I don't know. Just because there's so much content out there now, I feel like it's probably just as hard as it's ever been just because supply and demand are kind of following one another. And it for me, it would be the same pathway. I would write a pilot. You actually don't, you know, don't have to write the entire series in that case. So I would write a pilot, which would probably be the first fifth of the novel and then shop it around just like you do anything else. Try to find an agent that that wants to sell it. I don't think Netflix will even entertain a writer without an agent, you know, so all the streaming services aren't really going to, you know, talk to you without an agent anyway. And it's all about finding someone who wants to produce it anyway. So that's fascinating. Are there seminars or conferences or things like that you would recommend people look into if they want to try and look into a writing career? Yeah, definitely. That is one of my favorite things to do. Go to a writing conference because the energy is just so good and positive and people, they are just so creative and it's so different than your day-to-day work environment. So I always try to find an excuse to go to a conference, but some of the ones that I feel like are really helpful specifically for screenwriting, well, the Austin Film Festival has a, a screenwriting conference that takes place in October and it's super fun. The first one I attended was actually in 2020, so it was virtual, which was sad. It's a great conference. You meet a lot of cool people that way and really great networking. I still keep in touch with some of the people that I met in Austin. I also have been to the ScreenCraft screenwriting conference, and that one's a really good one too. Same, like you just get to meet cool people. And honestly, those kind of conferences are where I've made most of my connections. Interesting. Well, thanks for coming on the show and good luck with that screenplay that you've written that you're kind of in the process of maybe getting that out there so everyone can see your work. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. This is fun. I am so excited for you. Is there a website where you would send people to learn more about you or your work? Yeah, my website probably needs a little attention, (laughs) but (laughs) I will give it to you. It's www.kvscruggs.com. Dot com. So that's K, V as in Victor, Scruggs, like Earl Scruggs, the banjo player, S-C-R-U-G-G-S dot com. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for coming on the show today, Christine. I wish you all the luck in the world with your novels and screenplays moving forward. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening. Hope you'll tune in again next week for Grand Rounds. <laughs>